0: How many can sense the presence of the Lord is here this morning? Amen. Yeah. Uh, I, I trust you know, I trust you know that God is wanting to speak into your hearts and lives. And it's more than just the preacher preaching. It's that you open your mind and your heart and say, God, I want to hear from you. And, uh, and he'll be ready to speak to you. Before we get <coughs> into the Word, how many know it's hot outside? All right. If there's two times of the year that I've uh, difficulty getting used to, it's the time when it's as hot as it is outside, and then it's the time when it gets as cold as it gets in the winter. Uh-huh. But um, here we are. But um, because we knew it was going to be a hot weekend, uh, we, we arranged for the ice corn man to be outside after service. All your children get free ices, all right? It's the ice cones. So your children get free ices now. But listen, we're not leaving you out, and we want you to do this. If you want one, it costs $2, all right? And uh, you can give more if you want to. If you're feeling generous, you can give more. But $2 uh, is what we're asking that if you get one for yourself. And take it from me, it's worth you getting one, all right? So make sure you get one before you leave. Now, before we come to the Word this morning, I'm going to ask your help. You know, Mission Peoria Week is a highlight of our year Uh, And um, we get to touch a lot of people's lives. And um, Peoria is never the same after Mission Peoria. And and don't take my word for it, that's the word of the mayor, it's the word of city people, that there is a change in the atmosphere uh, when we have Mission Peoria and uh, it makes a huge difference in the city. Now, all this week, the kids will be doing what Andy told you about, and, and every night there's going to be these revival nights, and uh, I want you to see that as a mid-year pickup tune-up, where you come out every night and get tuned up again to carry you into the fall and into the winter by great worship and also fabulous preaching of the Word of God, all right? So, Please make an effort to be here every night this week. It will be fantastic. Now, at the end of the week, when we get to Saturday, we now transition from Mission Peoria into Backpack Peoria, which is the time where we give away about 2,500 backpacks full of school supplies, and, um, and we bless the city of Peoria. Also, that day... Um, children will be able to get their medicals for school. They'll be able to get dental checks. Uh, every one of the school principals in District 150 will be at the Dream Center. Every school will be represented. And um, if you want a fantastic morning, come out to Mission Peoria uh, next Saturday morning. Now, each of the backpacks cost us $15 for the backpack and the school supplies, which is an incredibly low price, but we buy it in bulk and we're able to get it at that price, but we still got to pay for it. And, uh, and this is where I want you to help me this morning. Uh, we're going to take a second offering right now, and um, we're going to ask you to give And it's all going towards the backpacks. It's all going towards making sure next Saturday is a fantastic event and will bless people who are at this moment deciding whether they buy shoes for their kids to go to school or school supplies. We're saying we want you to forget about the school supplies because we're going to give them to you. You get shoes on the feet of your kids, uh, and so, it's an amazing thing that happens, and, uh, and they'll be wrapped around about two uh, uh, city blocks as they line up for backpacks. It's an amazing thing, and friends, we can get behind this without giving right now. Now, if you have not come prepared to give with a check, if you're making a check out, make it out to Riverside Market, Backpack, Peoria... If you want to give online, then just go on to the Riverside website. If you're watching online, go on to the Riverside website and there's a give button there. And uh, you can give online and uh, there you will see there'll be a backpack uh, giving page that you can go to and give. But right now, I'm going to ask the uh, wonderful servants of the Lord that uh, take up our offerings here uh, to come forward and we're going to pray and receive this offering right now for the glory of God and the blessing of our city. Father God, many years ago you told us that if we bless the poor you will resource us and help us to do it and you have done that over these past years in remarkable ways and we're eternally grateful and here we are at year 15 of doing this and Lord, we need your help and we need the help of your people and so Lord, will you do right now what only you can do? Will you inspire people to give so that they are blessing the poor and the broken of this city? I pray, O oh God, that whatever was in their mind to give, won't you inspire them now to double it or triple it? And, oh God, will you take care of this for us by inspiring your people to give? We ask it for the glory of your name, the blessing of this city, and the uplifting of the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may receive the offering. And uh, we're going to come to the Word of God in just a few moments' time. I want you to turn to the one in front of you or behind you. You can only do this if you know Jesus, I'm afraid. But can you just tell someone around you why you love Jesus in just one or two sentences? Just turn to the one next to you and tell them why you love Jesus in just one or two sentences. That's a golden noise. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. Now, as they're finishing up the, um, the offering here, if you have your Bibles, go to the book of Revelation, if you will. You won't have a difficulty finding it. It's the last book in the Bible. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13 is our kickoff scripture today that we'll be referring to right through uh, the time that I speak. So, Revelation 14, verse 13 says this And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit that they may rest from their labors, and their deeds follow them. You know, last week we said that one day soon, all of us will be in another world. The purpose of the series that we're on, which is called Directions, and a subtitle is The Inside Scoop on Your Future Life, The purpose of the series is to learn as much as we can about this other world and to prepare ourselves for it. Last week we talked about the fact that people die in many ways, through an accident, through illness, through old age. Then we also said that people die at different times in their life. Some die young, some die older. Uh, and, And the fact is that the timing and the circumstances of someone's death, they vary from person to person. Now the fact concerning the many ways in which we could die and the many seasons that we could die in, they are important, but they're not the ultimate importance. You see, everyone who has ever lived eventually dies, I believe, Up to now, the number or the percentage of people who die is about 100%. (laughs) And so, we saw last week that eventually, when we die, we die in one of two ways. Last week, we looked at the fact that we can die in our sins. If you want to know who said that, Jesus did. He said in John 8, 24, Unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Now this week we're looking at the second way that we can die, and that is to die in the Lord. The book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible that we turn to, it says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Say that with me. Die in the in say it louder die. die in the lord so once again when you or I leave this world we will die either in our sins or we will die in the lord now as i've thought about this this week my mind has been overwhelmed by the challenging difference between the two ways we could die To die in our sins means that we will carry our sins into our death with us. To go out of this world through death and into the presence of God with our sins still attached to us. And then to stand in the presence of God in our sins. How many know nothing could be more tragic and nothing is more awful than that? It is the saddest thing in the world that we would stand in the presence of God having carried our sins into our death. I want you to know, I want everyone in this place to know that there is another way that you can die because the scripture says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. I remind you again this morning That Christ took our sins into his death. So that if we are in him, we will not take our sins into our death. Jesus never died for his sins, he died for our sins. He took on our sins and to die in the Lord means that we're separated from our sins because he has carried them for us. And there is nothing more amazing than that, friends. That you can look life in the face, that you can look death in the face. And say, I've nothing to fear about death because Jesus took my sins into his death so that I won't have to take them into my death. And so we die in the Lord. Now, this is a promise that belongs to every Christian, but I want you to notice that it is given in this Scripture, in the book of Revelation, especially to people who will die the most difficult deaths. You know, this book of Revelation, and especially the chapter previous to the one in which we're looking, chapter 13, is outlining major things that will be happening on earth just prior to the end of the world and the return of Jesus Christ. And chapter 13 outlines that there will be great trouble, great persecution coming on Christians in our world. And, and, and it reads in, in chapter 13, If anyone is be taken captive, this is verse 10, To captivity he goes, If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and the faith of all the saints. So what the book of Revelation is saying that there's going to be just before Jesus returns, before the end of the world, that there's going to be this persecution of Christians that's going to take place that it will be that believers will pay the ultimate sacrifice for their faith and for following Jesus Christ. Some of them will die horrible deaths. And John, who is on the Isle of Patmos, he says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. He's saying, listen, I want you to know, I don't want you to be blind to the fact that it will be that you will have to suffer persecution. That the likes of ISIS will come along and they will kill you for your faith. There will be things happening in the world where Christians are being hated and being abused in some terrible things and in some terrible ways. And some Christian will die horrible deaths. But listen, this is what I've heard from heaven, says John. I've heard from heaven, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Now if that's true for them, how much more for us, friends? Now listen to me carefully. We are entering into a season and a period in life where it's not only around the world where Christians will be persecuted You need to know that we're coming to a time when even in America it will be very difficult to stand for Jesus Christ. That we're entering into a moment in time in in America where we are now post-Christian. It means that we're no longer a Christian nation. And that now we're rushing to be a post-Christian nation where to name the name of Christ will mark you out as a bigot. And it will be that you will be persecuted for righteousness' sake. But the scripture says that even if we die, we are blessed if we die in the Lord. So I want you to notice first that we are blessed because we rest from our labors. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, says the Spirit. They will rest from their labors. You know, hard work is a distinguishing mark of the people who are followers of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, if you're looking for comfortable religion, don't follow Jesus Christ. If you're looking for easy religion, don't follow Jesus Christ. Oh, listen to me. Some people will try to make it comfortable. They'll try to make it easy. But I want to tell you, a distinguishing mark of you being a Christ follower is that you are a hard worker. You know, I admire the work of good carpenters. But you know, I've cut a few boards and I've hammered in a few nails over the years. But if you would say that I'm a carpenter, those who are carpenters would burst out laughing. And not only that, Letty would laugh the loudest because she remembers me going to the emergency room with the top of my thumb hanging off having tried to use a mechanical saw and gone terribly wrong. No, a carpenter is a person who gives himself to the good work of carpentry. Well, excuse me saying this but a Christian is not a person who says a prayer now and then. A Christian is not a person that reads the Bible now and then. No, no. A Christian is someone who gives himself, herself totally to follow in Jesus Christ. Saying you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian any more than saying you're a carpenter makes me a carpenter. The evidence that you're in Christ is that the goal of your life is to serve Him and to give your life away for Him. Whatever work you do, that's who you are and who you're about. Now I have to tell you again that serving Christ isn't easy. The word labor there, that it makes it very clear that serving Christ means hard, demanding work. It's work that will make you sweat. People who are in Christ, serve Him on earth, and we will serve Him in heaven. For those of you who are expecting that when we get out of this life in heaven, that it's just going to be a life of lying around on clouds playing harps, you've got it wrong. There is work to do in heaven. We will serve Him in heaven, but there's a difference. If you give your life to serving and following Christ on earth, you will face difficulties and you will face disappointments and discouragements. In heaven it will be different. Whatever we do in heaven will be refreshing and never cause us any weariness. A famous follower of Jesus that I love and I read and read his books from many, many years ago. His name is C.H. Spurgeon. He wrote this about being a servant of Jesus and the difference that it will be in heaven. He says, In heaven, no cold-hearted brethren will dampen our passion or accuse us of evil motives. No negative brothers will accuse us of being rash when our faith is strong. Or accuse us of being arrogant when really our confidence is firm in God. None will hold on to our sleeve and pull us back when we would run the race with all our might. And none will foretell disaster and defeat when we confidently know that God will give us the victory. How many know know that there are some people called... Christians who are more a hindrance to your faith than they are a help. That there are people who call themselves Christians who try to dampen your fervor and try to cool your spirit and to take you away from fervently following the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not friends, friends. They are not good friends, I can tell you that. You see, the fact is that there are works for Christ that can only be done here on earth. The Scripture says that there will be rest from our labor. There are certain things that those who die in the Lord are no longer able to be doing. You know, the fact is that pastors will be the first out of a job when we get to heaven. (laughs) think how wonderful that will be for you. Why would you need a preacher to proclaim the greatness of Christ when now you will see him face to face? And you will reveal, he will reveal his glory to you face to face. Why would you need counselling? Oh yeah, why would you need counselling when now you're in the presence of the counsellor above all counsellors, the great counsellor? Why, why would it be that you would need pastoral care when all your wounds are healed and Christ has wiped away all the tears from your eyes? The work that we do for Christ here may bring us many frustrations, but I want to tell you it will no longer be needed in heaven and the new earth. We will now be serving Christ with energy and fulfillment and joy. And that actually gives significance to the work that we do on earth right now. The work we do for Jesus right now becomes more important when you start to think we won't be able to do it after we die or after we are with the Lord forever. You see, we only have this chance in this life, which is very short compared to eternity. To do for Jesus what He wants us to do. See, the only prayers that we will offer are the prayers that we will offer while we're in these bodies on Earth. The only the only people that we will talk to about Jesus to seek to see them come to know Jesus as their Savior are the unsaved people that are on Earth right now. The fact is, the only victories. That we can win over sin and temptation. Are the victories that we win over sin and temptation right now while we're in this body. We can only win the victories while we are here. You know the only children and youth that you can teach. Are the ones in your environment right now. The only ones that you can reach and teach, and the only ones that you can put your mark upon, the only ones that you can now touch are the ones that you touch right now. Here's a a note to grandparents that are here this morning. It may be that your children won't come with you to church, but you can bring your grandkids. I want I to tell you, it, it may be that you can't influence so much your kids anymore. They've gone their own way, they're doing their own thing. But they'll thank you. They'll thank you. They'll even pay you if you take their gra- your grandkids off them and bring them to church on a Sunday morning. And I tell you what you're doing, you're putting an eternal aspect into your grandkids. The only giving that you can do is the giving that you do down here. And the only stand that you make for justice is the stand you make here right now where you stand against injustice and you stand, listen to me carefully, against racism in whatever state that comes. The only stand you can make against the injustices that are going on are the ones that you do right now. Once we cross the shore, once we get to heaven... We will not be able to do that. And so friends, I want to show you that what you put into your life every day right now, not only affects this life, it has eternal significance, but you only have this life to serve Jesus on earth. Bring some urgency to the Christian life. We can only do it here. So, we are blessed If we die in the Lord, because we rest from our labors. And then it says that our deeds follow us. Their deeds follow them. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, their deeds follow them. I want you to notice that, that when Christians go to heaven, their works are behind them, not in front of them. The Christian doesn't enter heaven because of their good works. Oh, no, 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 they're important. Listen, they're important because it says their deeds follow them, but they don't go ahead of them. No, you know, see, Jesus said, Jesus said in John 14, chapter 2, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In other words, he says, I'm going to do everything that needs to be done so that you can get to heaven. I'm going to forge the way. I'm going to be the pioneer of faith. He says, I'm going to open the door of heaven for you. And so it's not our good works and it's not our good deeds that are going ahead of us. They follow us because all the work that needed to be done to get us to heaven was done by Jesus Christ. It will have nothing to do with us. It's all been done by him. Good works never lead the way, but the good works do follow them, and there are rewards in heaven for our good works. Here's something that quite staggered me this week as I looked at this. Our sins, which are many, are erased from the mind of Christ when they are placed under the blood of Christ In other words, when we confess our sins and ask Jesus to be the Lord and King of our lives, our sins, which are many, are erased from the mind of Christ. It's erased from the mind of God. In fact, God says, I will remember them no more. But, but listen, our deeds, our deeds which are feeble and few... They somehow live in the memory of God forever and ever and ever and ever. So that he says that even a cup of cold water that's given in my name, in the name of Jesus, will not go without its reward. And so our deeds which are feeble and few live in the memory of God forever and ever. They'll never get you to heaven. But they're never forgotten by God. The good works and the good deeds that you do. Amazing. So those who die in the Lord are blessed because they rest from their labors. And they're blessed because our deeds follow us into heaven. But more than anything else, they they are blessed because they die in the Lord. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. So not everyone is blessed because not everyone dies in the Lord. Some people die in their sins. Nothing could be more tragic. For me as the pastor of this church, nothing could be more tragic than that you sit under the sound of my voice and the preaching of other great preachers and yet still you die in your sins. And and that you get to heaven with no excuse because you've heard that you could die in the Lord, but you've chosen to die in your sins and be lost forever in hell. Heaven declares to every Christian believer that whenever or however you die, however and whenever it happens, you are blessed if you die in the Lord. Not a great assurance for us. So I'm going to finish this morning uh, by talking to you very quickly, and uh, you know, um, last uh, service, I told them something supernaturals happened because the clock's not working. It's wonderful. But I'm going to get you out of here on time. don't worry. But what does it mean to die in the Lord? Well, it means, firstly, to be released. Think, think of a martyr, someone who has now given their lives. They literally are given their lives for Christ. A Christian who has suffered greatly because of her faith. She has been imprisoned, she has been tortured, she's been abused. Her body has been weakened, she's been surrounded by cursing and hatred and absolute pain. But one day, one day she closes her eyes and she is released from all this. And she awakens in a world of light and peace and joy in the presence of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, to be away from the body is to be present with the Lord. And after all the torture and all the suffering and all the pain... It is that one day that ends and now she opens her eyes and she is forever with the Lord where there is no pain and no sorrow. Another Christian is not suffering persecution but is enduring the trial of severe cancer. The treatments have become hard for him to bear. His energy is sapped. The scope of his life has become terribly limited. But one day he closes his eyes and he awakens in a world of light and joy and peace and no more pain in the presence of Jesus. Because to be away from the body is to be present with the Lord. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean to die in the Lord? Well, it means to be released. But also, I want to go on to say it means it means also that we are carried. No, Jesus told the story of two men that were dying, one was rich and one was poor. The rich man died in his sins, and the poor man called Lazarus, he died in the Lord. Listen, listen to the descriptions of their deaths, the deaths of these two men. Jesus told the story. And he said this in Luke 16, 22, the rich man died and was buried. That's all that was said. This rich man dying in his sins, all that could be said about him was that he died and was buried. But listen to what he says about the poor man, Lazarus, that died. It says, the poor man died and was carried by angels into Abraham's side. To die in your sins, you go alone into death. But to die in the Lord, you are carried by angels into his presence. If you're in the Lord, you're able to say, The Lord is my shepherd. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mayim Malouf was a great personal friend of mine. Many of you will know known him from years gone by. And um, I had the privilege and the opportunity to lead Mayor Malouf to Jesus in his home one Saturday afternoon. I was led by God to go and visit him, and he was preparing his funeral service, and he was crying. And, uh, and I said to him, you know, it's one thing to prepare your funeral service, Mr. Mayor, but are you prepared to meet Jesus? And, and as I talked to him, He opened up his heart, and I actually led him to Jesus. Well, now go a few years on from that, and I'm kneeling at his bedside, and he pulls me down close. You know, Mayor Malouf was around the Catholic faith nearly all his life, and and the first thing he did was he took my hand and kissed my hand. I think he thought I was a bishop or the pope, Um, but anyway... (laughs) And he just whispered to me, he said, John, I know I'm coming to the end, and I'm scared. So I said, Mr. May, do you remember when I came to your house? Do you remember when I told you about Jesus? And you remember when you opened your heart to Jesus? I said, you are now in the Lord. You now belong to Jesus. And I said, yes, yes, you are coming nearer to the time when you will pass, when you will die here. But I said, I want you to know what will happen. Jesus said this would happen. I said, Mr. Mr. Mayor, as you take your last breath, angels are going to come into your room and they're going to carry you right into the presence of Jesus. You're going to be with Jesus forever because you asked him to forgive your past and come into your life. And angels are going to carry you right into the presence of the Lord because everyone who dies in Christ Jesus is carried by angels right into the presence of the Lord. You will not You will not walk this valley alone. I am with you. The fact is, friends, that angels will carry us into the presence of the Lord. He looked up, did Me'loufu, and he said, "I'm now at peace. I know what's going to happen. I am now at peace." So the fact is that we will uh, be in this place where we are released from all the things of pain that affected us. We will be carried by angels. And then the other thing I want you to know is that we will be welcomed. You know, the first Christian martyr, martyr was um, Stephen. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't a paid staff member. He, he, he was actually a deacon of the church. He was a lay person, as you would put it. But he boldly confessed his faith in Jesus Christ. He couldn't keep quiet about Jesus. Well, the crowd around him, you read it in Acts chapter 7, they got so angry with him because he stood so firmly for Jesus that it says they ground their teeth at him. But look what the Bible says. As Stephen is now being stoned to death, it says, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven... And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now this is fabulous, friends. Listen, when Jesus died and and he ascended, you know, he rose from the dead and then he ascended to heaven. When he got to heaven, it says that he sat down at the right hand of God. It's a signal of work being done. When Jesus sat down, he said, I've done what I needed to do, and he sat down in heaven. But when Stephen is martyred, and Stephen is dying, the stones are coming on him as he's been stoned to death, he says, I see Jesus standing. And you say, well, why was he standing? I want to tell you, he was standing to welcome Stephen into heaven. He was standing to welcome the first one who ever went through martyrdom for his sake. He is standing to welcome him in heaven. And what he did for Stephen, he'll do for you. He's going to be the first face that will welcome you in heaven. He's going to welcome you. Now I have some advice to you and then I'm out of here. I don't mean I'm going to die, by the way. I mean, we'll go and get some lunch. <laughs> but how does, a, how does someone who is a Christian face death? Well, number one, you need to forget what you've done or failed to do for Christ. Satan may bring to, to mind your weakness of faith. It may be that he'll bring to your mind... The lack of good works. But listen, Christian, the good that you have done should be behind you and not in front of you. Don't look at the life you live for Christ, but look at the life he lived for you. Yeah, oh, that'll worth, that's worth a tweet if you're tweeting. I want to tell you. Don't look at the life you live for Christ, but at the life he lived for you. You're not going to get to heaven because of your faith and because of your good works. You're not going to get to heaven for anything that you have done. You're going to get there because of what He has done. He died in your place. He took your sins and your sorrows. And He's made a way for you to get to heaven. Number two. Not only forget what you have done or failed to do for Christ. But forget your ministry. Forget your triumphs and forget your failure. Look to Jesus and what he accomplished for you on the cross. You may be someone that's disappointed in the life that you've lived for Jesus up to now. Listen, there's no basis for confidence in what we've done for Christ. But every basis for confidence in what Christ has done for us. We're not trusting what we've done. We're trusting what he has done. You know, all our works and all our good deeds are all gold mixed with mud. They need to be refined. But all that Christ did and accomplished is pure gold, friends. Our faith and good works are not what we rely on. We rely on Christ. You know, the devil can have a field day and often does with dying believers telling you all of your failures. But he can't point to one failure in what Christ did on the cross. And you're not relying on what you have done. You're relying on what he has done for you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So the fact is that we rest on the unshakable promises of God at our death. You know, in the book Pilgrim's Progress, and you can get a a more modern version of this now that's come out, John Bunyan paints a picture of a character that he calls Christian crossing a river, and the water is deep, and Christian's fears rise, and he feels that he's going to be drowned, but he has a friend with him that's called Hopeful. And hopeful says to him, be of good cheer. I can feel the bottom and it's solid. Listen friends, God's promises are our solid foundation. You can walk on them, you can be certain of them. Underneath you and all around you are the everlasting arms of Jesus. You can rest your life and your death on the promises of God. And you can look death in the face and say, I am in Christ Jesus and I will not fear. I will not fear. Corrie Ten Boom was famous for how she suffered and survived the atrocities of World War II. And she tells a story of how, as a young girl, she had a great fear of dying. Her father said to her, Corey, when we go to Amsterdam, when we get to go on the train, when do I give you your ticket? And she said, just before we get on the train. And he said, our wise father in heaven knows what we're going to need when we come to face our time of death. He said, when the time comes that some of us have to die, we will look into our heart and find all the strength that we need has been put there by the gracious hand of a loving Father. And we will have all that we need to carry us through death. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me and your grace is sufficient for me. The way to die in the Lord is to live in the Lord. Live with a clear conscience. Ask yourself right now. Is there anything in my life right now that I would be ashamed of if I were to die and enter the presence of Jesus today? Before this day is out. If I should die, is there anything in my life that I would be ashamed of if I was to be ushered into the presence of Jesus right now? And if there is, have done with it, friends. Don't hold on to anything today that you would let go of if you knew that you were to die and or Jesus would return tonight. Get it dealt with. Don't leave anything in your heart and mind that would say, I would be ashamed to stand before Jesus if I should die today or tonight. I I want my conscience to be clear. And not only that, you need to forgive the people who have hurt you. This is a wonderful thing that we can do while we're in the body. And, you know, it's exactly what Jesus did just before he died on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And then we talked about Stephen the martyr. While he was just taking his cue from Jesus because as he was being stoned to death, he cried out in prayer and he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. What he was doing was this, he was forgiving those who have hurt him. He didn't want to carry that into his death. He said, Lord, I want you to forgive them. And Jesus says, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. As far as it is possible, we are to live at peace with all men. Let go of bitterness. Let none of it grip you because there's going to be none of it in eternity. Let it go. Bring it to the altar. Let it go. And then not only that, but anticipate your future home. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. You know, I have a book here. It's called Heaven. This is one of my favorite books. You can see it's thick. It's expensive. Do you know, I wanted to know everything about heaven that I could get to know. And I've devoured this book, really. You know, when our family moved here from the UK 23 years ago... We had committed to being the pastors of a church in Washington across the river there, and, and um, we committed to it, and most of our family had never, ever seen it. It was a high-risk strategy. So what Letty and I did, we came and visited, first of all, on our own. And while we were here, we were taking pictures of everything. <laughs> we took pictures of the church. We took pictures of the river, We t- the beautiful, clean Illinois River, and well, it seemed that way to us back then friends and and we, we we traveled around the elders of that church. they took us around to different spots and told us all about the city and um, and, and the fact was that um, uh, we wanted to know everything about the place that we were coming to and then we went back home and, and on many occasions, we gathered the kids around us and we showed them the pictures and we Talked about the places and we talked about America. It seemed that every day we were talking about Peoria and Washington and East Peoria and the area. We were talking about everything about this area. So that finally, when our family finally moved here, we felt we'd been here all our lives. In fact, it became home to us. Because we'd filled our hearts and mind with it before ever we got here. And that's how it's going to be with heaven, friends. If we've been set in our mind on things above and storing treasures in heaven, it's going to be a place that we already know when we get there. We'll walk and say, this is just like home. We are home. Huh? I often, when I think about this, I think about (laughs) E.T. E.T., go home. friends, when you're filling your mind with heaven, you long to be there. You want to be with Jesus forever. You want to go home. And I want to tell you, friends, it's a lie that the devil says. If you're so heavenly minded, you'll be no earthly good. That's absolute garbage. When you're heavenly minded, you'll be more earthly good. Let me ask you, who'll give me 50 dollars for this book right now? It's worth reading. 50 dollars. Anyone? No one. OK. How many of you here you say, "The devil scared me to death about heaven." I've been scared uh, let me rephrase that about dying. You've been scared of dying. You did? Amen. You've overcome it. How many today would say, I've been scared? Is that you? Say that again. It's your biggest fear. I want to give you this book. Come and get it. Come and get it. Actually, I never said that this book is priced at $50, friends. It's it's priced at $15. I was looking for somebody that really wanted it or needed it. And, uh, and, and the fact is, you can order this book. They had five copies downstairs. They sold right after first service. But they're ordering more, so uh, you can go and get it. But... This is your gift to say, all right, God bless you. you. I'm a minute over time. Let me finish with this. If you should die today, you're going to die in your sin or in the Lord. If you have any doubt that you're still in your sin... That if you should die today, you would carry your sin into your death. If you have any doubt, then I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you desperately. I want to pray with you. And what I want you to do right now, as I keep on talking, if you have any doubt that you are ready to meet Jesus, if you have any doubt about where your sin will be, is it on Jesus or is it on you? If you have any doubt about the fact of carrying your sin into your death if you've never put that thing right if you've never made sure that your sin is on jesus and not on you i want you to make sure right now and as i'm talking i want you to just come and stand at the front all right now you'll have the courage because you know you know that if you should die tonight you're going to die in your sin and be lost forever but today you can put your sin where it belongs on jesus And you can die at peace with God. If that's you, I want you to just get up and come right down to the front. And I'll pray with you. I'm carrying on talking, but you can come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is amazing. Now let me, let me ask you this. If you're here today and you're gripped by a fear of death, if you're afraid of dying, even though you're in the Lord, the devil's been getting at you. The devil's been lying to you and saying you can't trust the promises of God. God. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And you come up here as well. Because if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's a dirty, rotten lie from the enemy that you're listening to. And you need to stop listening to the devil's lies. If you are in Christ, you're saved for eternity. Nothing will change his mind about you. I'm speaking to everyone here. How many here would say, Oh God, from this moment, I want to set my mind on things above. I'm not going to get uptight about who's going to be in the White House and who isn't. I'm not going to get uptight about the things that are happening in the world. You said they will happen. Before you come back, you said there would be atrocities happening around the world. But Lord, but Lord, I'm not going to set my mind on the things of this world. I'm going to set my mind on heavenly things. I'm going to put my mind on Jesus. If that's you, just stand where you are right now. You say from this day on, I'm setting my mind on things above. I'm setting my mind on things above. I'm not allowing the enemy any ground at all. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. This is what the scripture says. Listen to it carefully. Now let's do this first before I read it. Every one of you that's at the front, I want you to forget everyone else around you right now. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to say these words after me, all right? It's a prayer to Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, I know You died for me. You took my sins into your death so that I do not have to take my sins into my death. You died in my place. You made a way to heaven. I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. I ask you to forgive my past and walk with me into the future. I will be eternally grateful. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now listen, listen to me. If you prayed that prayer, what are you now? You are in the... Oh, come on, you've got to get this. You are now, now, at this moment, you are now in the Lord. Hey, sit with them, congregation. They are now in the Shout it out. Come on. In the Lord. Listen, listen. You're not carrying your sins into your death. They're all on Jesus now. They're all on Jesus. So you're walking from the front here this morning just as if you'd never sinned. All right. Just as if you'd never sinned. Hey, listen, you got to hold on to it. you got to hold on to it. And listen, this is the promise. This is the promise. This is the promise. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From now on, yes, says the Spirit. They will rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them. We are in Christ Jesus and he needs all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name come on lift it up to him right now thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord now before you leave the the front here on the tables there's some cards this is my promise if you will give me your name and there's a few other questions on there as well I promise I'm going to pray for you every day all right, I've got a huge list already, but I'm going to add you to my list. So I want you to get a pen. There should be some pens there and just fill that card in and, and just leave them on the table there or put them in. The, there's a box over there. You can put them in that box as well. But now, congregation, let's sing our way out of here. How many are glad that you're in Christ Jesus? You're in the Lord. this morning. Amen.